This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host, and I'm glad that you're with us this week. Uh, Missy is off, uh, actually uh, out doing some medical tests while I am doing the podcast this week. I want to thank you first and foremost for your thoughts and your prayers and your emails uh, and your uh, kind words and well wishes uh, they are greatly, greatly appreciated. I wish I had an update for you. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. Hopefully, on uh, next week's 40 Acres and a Fool, we'll uh, know more about what's going on with Missy. In the meantime, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because you know that something's wrong, uh, and yet we're sort of on a, a timeline that's not our own at this point, right? We're sort of reliant on uh, the medical tests and the doctor's offices and things of that nature. And it can, uh, it can really, you know, weigh on you if you, uh, if you think about this all the time. And so um, I'll be really honest. I mean, we've really been trying to distract ourselves, I think, uh, over the past week or so, uh, just to, you know, in terms of uh, keeping busy and not thinking about it as much as possible, because there's nothing we can do at this point. Uh, so we're just trying to stay calm and uh, carry on, keep calm, I guess, and carry on as much as we can. Uh, we did have a, a pretty good weekend last weekend. We went to a farmer's market in uh, Scottsville, Virginia, uh, picked up some uh, great little cherry tomatoes. I, I was so happy because they had these sun gold uh, tomatoes there. It's my favorite type of tomato. We had, I don't know how many sun gold plants uh, last summer and this year, of course, we have none, uh, but we were able to pick up some sun gold. Those are like orange, tiny little orange tomatoes that are so sweet. They almost taste like a berry. They don't even taste like a tomato. Uh, so we went to the farmer's market. We uh, bought some really overpriced bagels from a local bakery there in Scottsville. I, I tried to stifle my uh, gasp of shock when I heard how much five bagels cost. $12 for five bagels. It would have been rude at that point for me to say, I'm sorry, I don't pay $12 for five bagels. But uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be going back to that bakery anymore. Uh, after that, we went to um, a uh, an orchard in the uh, outside of the town of Palmyra, Virginia, which is a little bit southwest of Charlottesville. It's not quite in the uh, the Blue Ridge area, but just uh, some you know beautiful rolling hills in uh, Fluvanna County. And there's an orchard there that uh, does sell vegetables. They've got a cool little farm stand. Actually, it's a, a really big operation. I was kind of surprised at how big this was. Uh, but they were selling canning tomatoes. And uh, Miss E... Uh, and I picked up, actually, I, I picked up, but she wanted uh, 75 pounds of canning tomatoes. So I, I picked up the uh, 75 pounds of canning tomatoes and uh, brought them home. 17 pints of salsa 
Missy made with the uh, canning tomatoes, and then 10 quarts of tomato sauce out of the uh, 75 pounds. And I asked, I said, is that, that going to be enough tomato sauce for you? She says, well, you know, each one is basically a meal. Uh, so that's 10 meals. So you tell me, you think that's going to get us through the winter? <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, so this weekend, I'm going to be at the Bass Pro Shop Center Night Race in Bristol, Tennessee. And I believe Miss E is going to be going back and getting more canning tomatoes for more tomato sauce uh next week hopefully she'll be able to give you some uh, recipes and tips on canning she does a an amazing job i will say this with the tomato sauce she doesn't add anything uh to the actual sauce she does that afterwards um you know you can go ahead and you can make the spaghetti sauce ahead of time you can add in the 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 herbs and spices that you want to add in but uh miss e does that uh, basically when it's time to make the meal and that way uh, you get more out of the tomato sauce you can use it for spaghetti sauce you can use it she makes this uh, dish called butter chicken which uh, uses tomato sauce and, and milk and oh it's just oh it's just amazing she makes naan the uh, the Indian bread I'm sure that someone somewhere is going to complain of cultural appropriation about that but uh, she does a fantastic job and um, so anyway we, uh, we we've had a, a busy weekend. Uh, and a, a pretty busy week as well. Um, on the uh, 40 acres, things are fairly quiet. We did lose another hen this week, though. Uh, not to any sort of predator, I, I don't think anyway. It was uh, one morning, got up, opened up the uh, chickens, and only seven came out when we should have had eight, seven hens, and then our uh, juvenile rooster who is absolutely terrified right now of the uh, of the girls uh, and so I looked in the coop and there in the back one of the nesting boxes uh, one of the hens was curled up and uh, was dead no visible signs of trauma that I could find so I'm still not sure what happened but uh, one of the hens expired there in the coop so we are down to seven hens we have seen the uh, hens start to lay eggs again. They went after our rooster chip uh, got snatched up and uh, disappeared. The hens went weeks without laying an egg. And, you know, you don't need a rooster uh, for the hens to lay eggs. So I don't know if they were in mourning, if they were freaked out. I don't know what was going on, but for weeks, not one of them. Uh, laid an egg all at one time. I mean, we've had, you know, you go through periods where one or two of your birds uh, won't give you an egg. If you've got, you know, let's say 10 hens, uh, then maybe you'll get, you know, six or seven eggs a day. But we had seven hens and we went from about five eggs a day down to zero eggs a day. Now we're starting to get one or two again. Still hasn't returned to normal, but we are starting to uh, uh, to pick up the egg production. At least it's 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 they're they're there now. At least one or two a day. I'm curious though if anybody else has run into this, where all of a sudden the entire flock just stops laying. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. I can't bring in. I'm not. I should say I'm. I'm not going to bring in any sort of you know chicken psychologists or chicken grief counselors or uh, uh, you know poultry. Uh, 
mediators to, uh, to to try to rectify what's going on. I, I'm just curious if anybody else has run into this before. The email address, as always, is 40acrefool at gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. We are going to get to some of your emails later in the week as well. Right now, though, we're going to step away for just a moment or two, but we have a lot more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up, so stick around. We'll be right back after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so this is 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host, uh, hanging out, not at the kitchen table today, but uh, uh, hanging out in the NRA News Cam and Company studios for this week's edition. Outside of the uh, studios on Main Street in Farmville, Virginia, the uh, work continues for the upcoming vice presidential debate, which will be taking place at Longwood University in Farmville. Uh, coming up in early October. Now, this week, the uh, the big news in Farmville has been the return of students to campus uh, at both Longwood University and Hamden Sydney. So the the quiet streets of Farmville uh, and the slower pace that uh, develops. Not that not that Farmville ever has a you know real rat race kind of feel to it, but uh, things definitely slow down. They get a little bit quieter when the uh, students are out of school. Now things are starting to pick up again. A lot of traffic on Main Street. Street, uh, road signs up telling parents where to park and move their kids in. Uh, unfortunately, for more than a hundred of these students at Longwood University, they're they're looking for a new place to to live. Uh, right before the dorms opened, we we've been having some hellacious storms this summer. Um, just these, you know, and it's weird because I grew up in Oklahoma and lived in Oklahoma for most of my life. So I'm used to Oklahoma storms. That, that's, that's what I remember. I, I, you know, these straight line storms that would stretch from central Texas all the way up into the Dakotas and they would move across the, uh, the center of the country. And you could see this on the radar and, and right there in Oklahoma, you know, you'd, you, you knew what to expect. Uh, and you knew that there would be, you know, pretty powerful storms, and then you knew that they would blow through and they would be over. And I'm sure you might get tornadoes uh, in the midst of these, but you, you had a general idea of of what things looked like and how storms worked. Virginia, I gotta say, is really confusing when it comes to severe weather. Uh, sometimes the storms are coming up from the south. Sometimes they're coming down from the north. By the only way they're not ever coming is uh, from east to west. Uh, but we have just seen, uh, again, a really hot, humid, muggy summer. And we've had these afternoon storms that have just been firing up. And again, some of them have been uh, really, really bad. So we actually had a dorm that got struck by lightning yeah, here in Farmville. Uh, eight alarm fire in uh, Farmville, Virginia, and about 100 students, again, are now looking for a place to live because uh, of the damage done to the dorms. Thankfully, uh, there were no injuries. The uh, The students were not. They hadn't yet moved in, but this happened like a day or two before the dorms opened. So they are scrambling 
uh, I am sure, along with the university, to try to find housing for these students. Uh, the housing is, is kind of a crunch in uh, Farmville right now, as it is with the college students. Uh, there's, there's the, the dorms are all full. Uh, the uh, student housing seems to be pretty full from what I understand. So hopefully, I don't know, I'm picturing this uh, revenge of the nerd scenario where all of a sudden 100 students are having to stay in the gym there at uh, Longwood University. I don't know that that's going to be where they end up, but uh, that is something that the uh, city and the uh, community and the uh, university are definitely dealing with right now. The other big event coming to uh, Farmville before the vice presidential debate is going to be August the 26th, I believe, uh, Saturday night. Uh, that is a uh, 27th of August, uh, August 27th, the uh, F- Heart of Virginia Friends of NRA Dinner taking place in uh, beautiful Farmville, Virginia. And I am so bummed because I'm going to miss it this year. And this is actually the first year since we have been in the Farmville area that I will not be here uh, to attend the Friends Dinner. It's normally a little bit later in the year. And I don't know what happened. I got my... Uh, my day's confused, and I'm going to be out in uh, Colorado for the Independence Institute's uh, ATF party, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms Party, which is, I have to say, a, a very fun event if you've never been there. Uh, if you're in Cal- uh, Colorado and uh, you don't have anything to do on the uh, 27th, there's a sporting clays tournament in the morning. Uh, then there are uh, cigars and libations and good food and conversation. I'm going to be on a panel. Uh, Laura Carno from I Am Created Equal going to be moderating the panel. Uh, I uh, believe uh, myself, uh, Chris Cheng, and I am unfortunately blanking on the uh, the third person who's going to be a part of the panel. But it is it is going to be a lot of fun. And again, it uh, goes for a good cause, uh, preserving freedom and restoring freedom there in the state of Colorado. But while I'm there, all of my friends are going to be here in Farmville at the uh, Heart of Virginia Friends of NRA dinner. Uh, and I think that there are still some tickets available. You I might be able to get in at the door, but I'm not sure about that. But if you go to friendsofnra.org, uh, if you are local uh, there in the Farmville area or you feel like driving down, you can get your tickets there online. You can also find out if you're not local to Farmville, uh, you can find out where your local Friends of NRA dinner uh, will be taking place, and uh, it may be taking place soon. I mean, again, you've got events happening all around the country uh, and all throughout the year as well. If you've never been to a Friends of NRA dinner, it really is a lot of fun, and it's a great way to meet other gun owners in your community, uh, folks that uh, you, had, you had no idea that they were gun owners, that they were NRA members. Um, you know, even the, the, you go to the local range, uh, you've got your group there, maybe you've uh, got your, your hunting buddies, uh, but this will be, I guarantee, when you show up at a Friends of NRA dinner, you will meet folks from your community that you had no idea were Second Amendment supporters. Uh, and, of course, you know, the money that's raised there at the Friends of NRA dinners, half it stays uh, there in your state. Uh, the uh, NRA Foundation uh, is uh, the organization that, uh, that receives this money. They turn around and they disperse this money uh, in the form of grants all around the country. So we're talking again about local ranges that may get uh, upgrades to uh, their safety or to the range itself. Uh, local law enforcement may get grants that will help them get vests or training for uh, shooting sports. Boy Scouts programs, you know, it, but it, but it stays there within the shooting sports, and it stays there within the 
uh, sort of the practical side, the, the program side uh, of the NRA, benefiting uh, gun owners and uh, hunters and shooters really from coast to coast. And it's a, a really fun way uh, to do that and to also, again, I think get a little bit more involved and a little bit uh, immersed in your community. So I'm sorry I won't be there at the Heart of Virginia uh, Friends of NRA Dinner, but maybe you can show up in my place. And uh, if not, hopefully you'll get to a Friends of NRA Dinner in your neighborhood before long. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We do have much more here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. So stick around. We'll be right back right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks so much for joining us here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Cam Edwards, your host. I want to get to some emails. Uh, Jeff in Kenestota, New York, riding in with a uh, shout out to Missy. Hope she's doing well, Jeff says. Uh, prayers go out to you and your family. Hope the doctors can find out what's wrong. Thank you for that, Jeff. We do, too. Uh, Jeff says, my update on our 25-square-foot garden, jalapenos chewed by some animal who can climb over a 5-foot chicken wire fence or maybe climb, uh, crawl under, scoot under, Jeff. I just, I don't know, just a thought. Uh, tomatoes, the blight. Our six squash plants, no flowering at all. My guess is the uh, drought that we've had in central New York. If this happens next year, Jeff says, we may just raise cactus. Well, Jeff, I am sorry to hear that uh, your garden is growing about as well as ours uh, happens to be growing this summer. That does really, really stink. Uh, I, it's, it's, I, I got to say, we have never had an issue with uh, critters eating our peppers. Uh, almost everything else that we've raised, oh, absolutely. I mean, we that's why we started growing smaller tomatoes because any tomato above the size of, let's say, a, uh, a cherry tomato started getting bites taken out of them. Uh, and, yeah, that's really frustrating. But we've never had any issues with uh, critters going after our peppers. So I, uh, I, I'm i really sorry to hear that. I, I wish that I could offer some help, but this is where the, the fool part of the 40-acre uh, and a fool comes into play. So if uh, anybody knows anything about uh, what uh, backyard or uh, woodland critters like to, uh, A, climb over five feet of chicken wire and then chew on some peppers, uh, pass that on. Now, we did, uh, despite the fact that, that our, our garden has been awful this year, I mean, I think that's that's really the only way to describe it. Uh, despite our lack of efforts uh, for most of the summer, we are still getting a few peppers. We uh, uh, picked some jalapenos a few days ago. We've got some Hungarian cheese that are growing. Uh, and our cucumbers, we got a few cucumbers earlier in the year. And then we, we too, were going through a real dry spell. 
the uh, the flowers stopped appearing on the uh, uh, cucumber plants, and we thought we were done. And uh, Missy actually picked a uh, pretty big cuke uh, last night, as a matter of fact. So we've got a, a resurgence of uh, cucumbers growing. The volunteer tomatoes are also still going in a couple of spots where the uh, pigs were last year. Uh, the uh, sunflower plants that are also volunteers, they're, they're growing like gangbusters. It's just the stuff that we have tried to cultivate this year don't seem to be uh, doing all that well. Uh, Trent wrote in as well, weighing in on the uh, chicken coop. He says, uh, I'm certain you remember I just built my new chicken palace earlier this spring. Things around here sounded very similar to the podcast that you discussed. Uh, my wife wanted to make something that we already had uh, and make it work. I wanted to scrap the whole thing and start fresh with something that made sense. Ultimately, Trent says, I was able to win out because I expanded the flock so much that her argument was rendered moot. I also burnt a large amount of marriage capital that I had built up, says Trent, but such is life. That may be the uh, the, the uh, route that I take as well, Trent, that just, well, let's just get more chickens, right, and then go that way. Uh, Trent says, first, I will never go back to a stilted coop that I can't walk into. There's just no way. He says, I'm not full OCD, but I'm just OCD enough that I want things pertinent to chickens to be kept in the coop. Not in the garage or the basement or the shed or all three. So when I built my coop, it had a chicken area and a human area, and it's been marvelous. He says, the birds have an 8 by 8 space, and I have a 4 by 8 space to collect eggs from the rollout boxes, store feed, etc. And when the time comes to uh, clean the coop out before winter so the refuse can overwinter on the garden, I can walk in with a scoop shovel and a wheelbarrow and clean the whole thing out comfortably. See, that sounds awesome, because for us to clean it out right now, it's a matter of uh, wedging yourself in there, um, and there's so you start with the, the, the scraper, right, to scrape the uh, poop off of the uh, uh, nesting boxes, and then you sort of have to shimmy your way out while scooping the uh, the uh, chicken poop out and then sweeping afterwards, and there's no way to do it without getting covered in uh, chicken dung. And so, yeah, this is this is problematic for us. Uh, Trent says, now, there are things that he would change with his coop that he designed. He said, I wish the siding, I would have done uh, sheets of barn siding and painted it rather than steel. He said, the steel roof is nice, and the way it's situated, I don't have a lot of radiant heat from the walls, uh, but it would have been easier maybe a tick cheaper as well and allowed a little more flexibility with internal design, et cetera. He says, I went with a big run, also 240 square feet uh, for 15 birds, just in case I wanted to or needed to lock down. He says, it's a simple design, but it works great. Uh, treated two by four frame with six foot welded wire, uh, deck boards he had laying around at the bottom, deer netting to cover, these the uh, vertical posts of the run, he says, are connected to two by four chunks that I stubbed off the coop structure, so the run can't be pulled away from the coop. It's Fort Knox, <laughs> he says, and I love it. I had cobbled together the first coop just to make it work. He says, I'm glad I went full in the second time around. Um, he says, the tomatoes right now in full swing. Made salsa on Monday, boatloads more to come. He says, additionally, my aunt is leaving on an extended vacation, and I have the run of her tomatoes while she is away. So I'm going to be trying to put up enough salsa, sauce, and diced tomatoes to maybe not have to do any at all next year just to give the garden a tomato rest. We're going to need the space for green beans next year, Trent thinks. 
He says, lastly, I've been thinking about next year's garden a bit already because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I'm seriously considering trellising cucumbers and cantaloupes next year on hog panels. I know that I need to sling the melons, but the idea of saving some horizontal space is appealing to me. Uh, have you guys ever used trellis for either? Yeah, we do trellis our uh, cucumbers, Trent. Uh, we grew melons the first summer and didn't have, we, A, we didn't trellis them. Uh, and B, we made a mistake because we decided, well, this will be our melon patch. And so we had some smaller melons. Um, we had watermelons. We had, and then we had our, our squash and pumpkins all in the same area. So we decided, because we're fools, uh, we decided we would put everything that grows in long vines in one location. And so what we ended up with was this sort of, melon orgy uh where there were just you know vines entangled and intertwined and what is what 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 is that is that a squash or is that a melon is that uh is that and it it just it did not work it did not work well at all so um we have had a lot of luck with uh trellising uh cucumbers and that's that's how we've done it every year uh so we started out with uh basically almost like a little uh, you know, just a, a little pallet almost um, that the uh, cucumbers can climb up, almost like a signboard, uh, but just open. And then uh, the idea of using hog panels, I think, would work great. I, you know, there's also the um, the Florida fences that you can do, where you string um, string in between two fence posts, and you let the tomato. Now, this was for tomatoes. Uh, the tomatoes grow up, and you can. Uh, kind of weave them in between the string as they're growing up through the floor defense, and, and that'll support them. I don't know why you couldn't do the same thing with melons uh, as well, but the uh, the hog panel might be a little bit easier. But uh, tell you what, man, you're getting it done this summer, and good for you. If you want to start thinking about uh, next year's garden, you can think about uh, uh, our garden next year, too. Any ideas that you might have to offer, Missy, and I'll be happy to uh, to hear from you, Trent. And thank you again for the thoughts on the chicken coop as well as the uh, kind thoughts uh, about uh, Missy. Tiffany writing in as well, uh, sending her regards. Tiffany, thank you very, very much. David also writing in, says, I'm sorry to hear Miss E still under the weather, but it's good to know that the doctors are working to get a handle on it. He says, I know what you mean about how the mind wanders, thinking about all the possible outcomes. Uh, he says, I don't know if uh, you and any of your family are religious or not, but I know you have an open mind. He says, I don't preach to people, but I do believe that there's a good outcome to all of this. And as always, Miss E, you and your family are in our prayers. David, uh, thank you, sir. David also had some thoughts on the apple tree that uh, got snapped there uh, in our yard. He says, it sounds more like a bear got to that apple tree. We've got a community in the San Bernardino Mountains, Oak Glen. Uh, a lot of bears grabbing the branches of the apple trees, breaking them to get the apples. He says, I know a hunter that's helped get rid of some of this uh, troublesome bear problems. He has his bear tag, so it's all on the up and up. Uh, Oak Glen is known for their apples and apple pies. He says they even put on a Colonial War type event every summer. There's a restaurant up there that has an old Colonial look. Uh, the restaurant workers dress in period-style clothes. It's good food, too. That's awesome. Uh, and, David, you know, again, I, I hope that uh, you live in there in uh, California that uh, uh, the, the wildfires and uh, all of the mess that uh, you're dealing with in that state have not impacted y'all uh, too much. Uh, David also writing about uh, Farmville. He says, uh, make sure you watch out for the crazy people that may show up during the vice presidential debate period. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're already thinking about that a little bit, David. And then uh, 
We will watch out. Uh, David says, I hope to make it out to see uh, some of the founding fathers digs in the great American history in Virginia one day. There's so many Americans, especially younger ones, that don't understand or don't care about our great history. Because there's a lot of history out here for only being 240 years old, especially when European countries' history go back 6,000 years and more. Just to be in driving distance of all that uh, that history that made this country, said now you even have local wine that's getting better. What a great part of the country to be living in. It, it is a good part of the country, David. It really is. I, uh, I have fallen in love with Virginia since I have moved here, particularly since I, I never fell in love with Northern Virginia. Uh, I never fell in love with the D.C. suburbs and gradually uh, grew very sick of the D.C. suburbs. But once you get outside of the Beltway, once you cross the, uh, the Occoquan River, which is uh, to the south of um, Alexandria and uh, uh, Fairfax, Virginia, and you get down more towards Fredericksburg and you get into what I, what I call real Virginia, um, it is just such a, as you say, it's such an amazing place. There's, there's so much history. There is such great community. Um, Throughout the state, you know, you'll you, all of these small towns and even some of the not so small towns uh, around the state of Virginia uh, just have that that great sort of Norman Rockwell, you know, Main Street kind of feel to them. Uh, it is true that that some of them are, uh, you know, starting to, to have also sadly a, a sense of decline. Uh, I don't want to say despair. But a a sense of decline, uh, although I, I got to say, you know, the, the drive that I make between Farmville and Washington, D.C., and I do it on a fairly regular basis, it's, it's been interesting because I've seen some towns where businesses have closed up over the past couple of years and, and no new ones have come in. But I've also seen communities that um, that are getting it done where, you know, a shop will close and all of a sudden uh, that space is is taken up. Uh, there's this, uh, and then there's this community uh, right off of Interstate 64 in between uh, Richmond and Charlottesville. And I've watched this community go from being really just a, a spot on the map where there was a, a McDonald's and a gas station. And then I think on the other side of the interstate, another McDonald's and gas station or another uh, fast food restaurant and a gas station. Uh, to now, this place, it's, a, it's called Zion's Crossroads. It's got... It's got the Walmart. It's got a big Lowe's. There's a gated community. And I, I guess the, the pitch for this, because uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, but I guess the pitch is, well, it's halfway between Richmond and Charlottesville. So if you don't want to live in, in the city, uh, you want your own space. The, the only thing is, like, again, I mentioned there's a gated community there. I don't know why you'd move to a suburb in the middle of nowhere. And that's what Zion's Crossroads reminds me of. That's what this 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 growing town Reminds me of it. It doesn't remind me of a small town. It reminds me of a suburb, but there's no city anywhere near it, like within 20 miles. Uh, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure it's appealing to uh, uh, to some folks. I just don't get the appeal myself. Uh, David also uh, writing about the California legislature. What a joke, he says. Time and money can be better spent on crime prevention and local police department funding instead of cow methane production. Give me a break. Now they want to tell the dairy farmers and the cattle ranchers what to feed their cattle. We have to stop the cow farts, David. It's a moral imperative. I wonder, uh, David uh, asks, if Bloomberg is behind this. Just a thought. Uh, Bloomberg is opposed to a lot of things. I don't know what Bloomberg's position on cow farts is. 
David says, I seriously doubt the legislature understands that they are forcing more and more business out of state. If this keeps up, Californians will be paying more for everything than Hawaiians are paying. We'll need to import everything. I'm seriously considering leaving the state when I retire. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting tired of fighting and losing. But, says David, I will continue to fight for freedom and less government reg- regulating my life. And, David, thank you for that, sir. That's what you got to do. And, uh, listen, we are... Uh, you know, closely following what's going on in California. I'll actually, I'll actually be out in California, uh, Northern California here in a few weeks in the, uh, I guess not Northern California, but uh, in the Bay Area uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll talk more about that on the uh, next edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. But we have not forgotten the uh, good folks there in California and you keep up the fight and we will as well. We're going to step away just uh, one more time. We have more of your thoughts to get to. Here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Despite the fact that Donald Trump is not knowledgeable on foreign policy. There are people who believe that Trump has good instincts about what's really happening in certain places, uh, who the enemy is, Islamism, jihadism, radical Islam, and that he wants to take a tough line with them that's not uh, boxed in by political correctness. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So I want to get to a few more emails here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Robin out of the Shenandoah Valley uh, checking in. Robin, I am uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you. Robin had a couple of uh, interviews, including uh, one that sounds pretty good. I don't want to say where or anything, Robin, because I don't want to jinx it, but I'm definitely keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, Robin says, my garden is a gigantic weed forest right now, but I'm getting some paste tomatoes and peppers. I uh, says, if I wasn't practicing for the end of the world as we know it, I would be tempted to buy all my tomatoes from the farmer's market. It gets expensive, though. I got to say, like just buying uh, a, a, a little more than a pint of the cherry tomatoes at the uh, farmer's market last week, I, 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 I just had flashbacks to last summer when we were gathering probably two, three pints a day and just how awesome it was to go into the kitchen, just, you know, grab a handful of those uh, small tomatoes, uh, whether they were the bumblebees or the sun golds and, and just, you know, rinse them off, pop them in your mouth. That was the best snack ever. That's an expensive snack if you have to go to the farmer's market to get that stuff. Robin says, uh, my fruit trees have been a mixed bag this year. I got two apple trees last year from Lowe's for cross-pollination. One's bearing a couple of apples. The other, I think, is dead or dying. I lost both of my pear trees, Robin says. The peach trees I grew from pits uh, look good, but no fruit this year, even though I had a couple of peaches last year. And the bee man, she said, came to my door saying that a beehive had been stolen. We went to the yard... And there was a place where a hive had been. In addition, there were ATV tracks everywhere. She said, uh, I called the sheriff's office. They sent a deputy out who diligently filed a report. Um, Got a game camera. Posted the property with no trespass signs. The B-man goes on vacation. When he comes back, Robin says he admits he had a senior moment (laughs) and had moved the beehive to the top of another so no hive was actually gone. All's well that ends well, Robin says, but still doesn't explain all of the ATV tracks. 
maybe uh, maybe the big feet in Virginia. The uh, the the what was it? What 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 are the what is the Virginia Bigfoot? Uh, Robin, is it is it Bigfoot? Is it a skunk ape uh, in Virginia? Maybe maybe the uh, the skunk apes have uh, used to ride have learned to ride four wheelers. Uh, Robin says it was funny listening to you talk about possibly running into a local celebrity. I kind of hope if I uh, ran into you, I wouldn't make a fool of myself as well. Uh, you would not make a fool of yourself. I'm the fool, Robin. Uh, but I hope we do get a chance to uh, to run across each other's paths one of these days. And like I said, I'm, I'm thinking about you, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you uh, for the uh, the job opportunities out there. I know that it is it's tough. I had a uh, another friend tell me this week that uh, they will soon be losing their job. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish that I had words um, other than the same words that uh, that uh, we're getting from folks who uh, I know care about what's going on with Missy. E. Uh, and sometimes the words, you know, when we care about people and bad things are happening to them, it sucks because we know that the words aren't enough to make it better. But that's really not when 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 we're in trouble, when bad things are happening to us, we're not necessarily looking for somebody to make it better. Uh, but it is nice to know that people care. And so, uh, Robin, thank you again for uh, for letting us know that you care. And uh, we are certainly keeping you in our thoughts and our prayers this week as well. Um, oh, Robin also did have some uh, practical advice on septic systems. Uh, and Robin says uh, they do require, in order to stay out of trouble, a regular maintenance. That means being pumped anywhere between three to five years. Talk to your neighbors. Find out uh, who does the uh, the most septic work in the area. Call them. Look them out with a truck. You show them in general where the septic tank is. They dig it up. They pump it out. You're good for another three to five years. Uh, Robin says, of course, that depends on the number of people in the house and how big the septic tank is. Yeah, this is going to have to be a, uh, a project here that we tackle fairly soon uh, because it will be four years coming up in just a couple of months and uh, probably need to do that again before the ground freezes and it gets too cold. So that might be our biggest uh, farm chore <laughs> coming up this fall, dealing with the uh, septic tank. And again, another area where I am a complete and utter fool because this is the first time that I've had to deal with a, uh, a septic tank. Uh, and the first time I've ever owned a house with a septic tank. So it is all brand stinking new to me right now. Uh, we are almost out of time for this week's edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. I, I uh, you know, we sometimes get in the habit of talking about books that we've been reading. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, I'd obviously love to know uh, what has piqued your interest lately. I, uh, I'll just give you a, a, a brief rundown of what I've been reading. Uh, the blogger Ace of Spades has been talking about this book, uh, came out in the 80s, actually, called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Neil Postman was the author. Uh, and uh, kind of similar, I guess, in theory, but not necessarily similar in substance to, was it Marshall McLuhan's uh, a book, uh, Understanding Media, where the, the phrase, the medium is the message came from. So the idea behind Amusing Ourselves to Death is that we are doing just that. Technology and the medium that we're using, specifically in the 80s, Neil Postman was writing about television. Uh, it is destroying our ability to uh, look at things seriously and critically, and instead we're, uh, we're just you know, becoming uh, more and more distracted by the, uh, 
the, the glut of information that we're receiving. Obviously, 30 years on, uh, you could say TV is not even the dominant medium anymore. Now it is the Internet, uh, personal computers. So Postman uh, wrote another book shortly before he died in the uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, this one came out, I think, in 2003, 2004, and it was called Technopoly. I had a senior moment of my own, and I'm not even a senior yet. I'm like kind of a sophomore, I guess, when it comes to stages of life. Anyway, uh, Technopoly, and it actually came out in uh, 1992, although there may have been a... um, I thought there was a second edition when he was writing about Iraq. I guess he was writing about the first Iraq War, the first Gulf War. Uh, but it's called Technopoly. And it is interesting uh, for a book that's now 20 years old, came out before the, uh, the rise of social media. Neil Postman got a lot of stuff right about what technology does to us uh, in how we communicate, but also how we learn. It's a fascinating book, um, and I'm almost through with Technopoly. I've already decided the next book that I'll be reading and, and a book that I want to talk more about on uh, next week's program uh, is a, a new book uh, that's come out called Hillbilly Elegy. You may have heard about this. It's been getting pretty rave reviews. Uh, the author of uh, Hillbilly Elegy is a a guy who uh, grew up in Ohio, um, Middleburg, Ohio, and grew up in a low-income family. Uh, It's it's apparently a a pretty uh, painful and honest uh, memoir of uh, this guy growing up. But it's also uh, more than just a look at his family. Uh, J.D. Vance is the uh, the author, Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir of a family and a culture in crisis. I've seen a couple of pieces that uh, J.D. Vance has written uh, in conjunction with the book being released. Uh, and, and it really does seem like a fascinating story. It seems like um, almost an update. One of my favorite writers, I know I've talked about this before, is a guy named Jesse Stewart, who grew up in northeastern Kentucky. Uh, brutally poor in the early part of the uh, 20th century. Dad was a coal miner uh, who would work in the mines and then come home and and would uh, farm uh, their small farm. And Jesse Stewart helped out. Uh, He went to uh, manage to get an education, Uh, actually was a a teacher at, I think, the ripe old age of 16 uh, in a one-room schoolhouse. Uh, managed to put himself through college, and he writes about this in his uh, first autobiography, which also came out when he was very young. J.D. Vance is uh, a little over 30, and uh, Jesse Stewart, I think, was 25 or 26 when his uh, first memoir came out called Beyond Dark Hills. And he writes about the struggles that he had uh, putting himself through school. And i got to tell you, all these snowflakes today, who are complaining about uh, well the sushi that we have in our cafeteria? It's not it's not authentic sushi. Really need to read some of these books and understand what first world problems they are facing and their inability to deal with first world problems with minor issues. Um, and Jesse Stewart, one of my favorite writers, really a, a huge influence on me. J.D. Vance, another story of a guy who uh, overcomes adversity. Uh, uh, you know, again, growing up uh, a very poor, growing up with in a family with uh, a lot of uh, family issues, joining the military, uh, serving in Iraq, 
coming back home, going to college, eventually uh, getting into Yale Law School, I believe, and uh, has done quite well for himself, but has not forgotten by a long shot where he comes from. So maybe we can do a a 40 Acres and a Fool book club. Who knows? Uh, If we do, I think that's going to be the next book that I will be reading, J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy. So if you want to read along with me, there you go. In the meantime, thanks for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. We'll be back next week. We will have an update. Keep your fingers crossed and your prayer set if you are the praying type. And in the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And we'll see you here soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) 